What if I told you imaginary friends are real? This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Haley Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski. Buckmetters. It is Friday, July 16th, 2021. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. Life got in the way yesterday, Thursday. Steve Wolfong's usual appearance on the Bucknuts Morning 5 was pushed back by 24 hours or so. But the director of recruiting for 24-7 Sports is here. Steve, how goes it? Good morning, Daniel. Was going well till you told me uh, off air that you don't buy old Kevin Costner movies, baseball movies. I, I can. He's been in some terrific movies, Daniel. For the love of the game, feel the dreams instantly come to mind, but so many others. The best Kevin Costner movie ever made, No Way Out. Jifk. I just remember the Family Matters scene where Waldo was calling the movie JFK Jifk for you guys that used to watch Family Matters. Man, have we dated ourselves. I know everyone tuned in for Family Matters and Kevin Costner chatter. Instead, they're going to get recruiting coverage. Steve had the chance to check in with an Ohio State prospect yesterday. We're going to talk about that before we get to a bunch of user-submitted questions from Bucknutters that are awesome. Tell us what you did yesterday first. I drove to the suburb next door to beautiful Zionsville, where I live, over to Westfield, where some of the best football teams in the state of Indiana were doing the joint scrimmage uh, inside Grand Park. And Maryville was in town. Uh, they've uh, played in the Final Four the last two years in the largest class in Indiana. And their defensive tackle, Kenneth Grant, earned an offer from the Buckeyes in camp in June and took his official visit later in the month. And I love Ohio State's position. He's going to visit Michigan at the end of June for their barbecue at the big house. And I think he'll make a decision shortly after that. Wisconsin's the third team in the mix, but I think uh, this is an Ohio state Michigan battle. And I'd give the edge to Ohio state going into that last visit. Clearly Kenneth is going to be a good decision maker and we look forward to his commitment. We are now going to tackle a number of questions. There were some good ones. Let's get started. The first comes from spin doctor. There's been some discussion of Ohio State now hosting a barbecue instead of other activities for the event visit. In your opinion, how important are these events? These are the barbecues, Friday night lights, whatever. Do these matter to the bigger fish? Well, I think recruiting is a game of inches, and anytime you can rack up a few inches or a few feet in your favor, it's always a good thing. And anytime Ohio State can get players on campus to spend time with their coaching staff and their current players and other prospects and commits on campus in a laid back environment, it's a win. And that's a win for everybody, but particularly we've seen it be a win at Ohio state with just the nature of the guys on staff and a locker room where kids that visit, they know right away if they fit in or not. So 
uh, yeah, if Ohio State hosts an event like that, um, I, I think it'll be advantageous for the Buckeyes. Have you heard about them going to the barbecue format? I just know that as I try and map out my last week of July, I know they're not doing anything that involves media availability with like they used to with Friday Night Lights. I don't know what they have in store beyond that. Question two from DBVY, DBivy maybe. Steve, you have to bet your net worth on either Ohio State not winning the Big Ten or Ohio State winning the national championship. Where would you bet? Oh, man. That is a really, really tricky question. Um, I think that I would, I mean, I think they're going to win the Big Ten. Um, Hell, Dan, I think I would bet on them not winning the Big Ten, I guess. Um, But they could win the national title. I just uh, would maybe bet on a couple other teams. From Dave Biddle, just, you know, tomfoolery and hijinks. How do you think it will feel to have the second best podcast on the site today? It hurts, Dave. I'm not going to lie. Chip, thanks. Also for Steve, the Buckeyes have 17 commitments and probably need two, maybe three more offensive linemen and two safeties. Who do you believe will fill these five spots? Well, I think that when you look at some of the guys that they're targeting at safety, I like where they stand with Zion Branch and Xavier Nwankpo right now. I have a forecast in favor of the Buckeyes for Zion. Uh, if I had to put one in today for Xavier, I would also do one for Ohio State. So I think they're in good position for both of those guys. And until something changes, yeah, I think that you continue to go all in uh, on those young men, similar to um, you know what they did with Kojo Antwi. You know, they lined up some some guys that could, they could potentially go on if it didn't work out with Kojo, but they didn't have to get that far down the line. He's obviously in the fold. As far as the offensive line goes, obviously I love their position with Cam Dewberry, have him crystal ball to the Buckeyes, and everything I continue to hear, you know, I feel good about that. I think they have to make up some ground on a guy like Addison Nichols, who I recently forecasted to Tennessee. Um, but uh, I think they're in a great spot for Cam Dewberry. Other names people will want to know about, Emil Wagner. And with Emil Wagner, I expect him to give a silent commit somewhere this fall, and then he's going to announce his decision in January at the All-America Bowl. Yeah, I'm not, I don't think he's an Ohio State lock. I mean, he likes the Buckeyes. Had a good visit to Notre Dame. His brother played at Kentucky. I think he enjoyed his time at Penn State and then certainly took that visit to Maryland. I, I, I think that, that that one could go a couple different ways. I'm always oogie about uh, Wayne guys now and Notre Dame now that Marcus Freeman is in South Bend and is such a magnetic presence. Steve, do you believe James Singletary, Ryan Turner, Jair Brown, and Terrence Brooks will all remain committed to Ohio State? Well, I mean, certainly James Singletary has given given everybody reason to believe that he could flip. You know, I know he took his official visit to Ohio State. He hasn't decommitted. Um, but, uh, and, and honestly, I haven't dug much on it, uh, but I know that Georgia and uh, Miami are in that one or have been in that one. So, I mean, that's certainly one that I would, you know, you want the ink to, you want the ink dry on that one as fast as possible. We'll take a quick break, come back and start up with defensive end chatter. This is Tony Kornheiser show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. 
So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. We have a boarding house item on this today, hint, hint. But what elite defensive end, if any, do you think Ohio State ends up with out of the foursome of Amari Abler, Shamar Stewart, Eni White, and Kenyatta Jackson? Well, I, I think right now they did a great job with Eni White on his visit. Loved his time with Larry Johnson and the pedigree. Um, I, I think that they've always been in a great spot for Kenyatta. They're battling Oklahoma there. I thought they were a bit of a sleeper for Omari, but I'm not sure he's going to end up in Columbus. And then um, who was the fourth one, Daniel? Shamar. Um, I know that he's got, yeah, he's got some people close to him that love Ohio State. Uh, my crystal ball is on Miami right now, but, you know, Clemson, Texas A&M, Georgia certainly involved. That one's, that one's still just starting to heat up. Yeah, that just seems like a gauntlet battle for four studs there among the best programs in the country. So, we will wait that out and keep it locked in for that one. Let's talk defensive tackles. How do you feel about a guy we've heard a lot about recently, Hero Canoe, as well as guys that have been crystal ball to Ohio State and Caden Curry and Chris McClellan? Well, defensive line is a major need for Ohio State this cycle. I, mean, I think they, they, they anticipate a lot of potential, um, a lot of potential, depart, potential departures following the season, you know, um, across the front. And so uh, I think Ohio State is in great position with all three of those defensive linemen. You know, I think that they're at the top for McClellan. Caden Curry, when all said and done, there's some people that think that distance could factor into his decision as they battle Alabama and Clemson, among others, for him. And then Hero Canoe, I, I know that they're, you know, at the top for him maybe with one or two others, but they're in great position for him as well. All right. We will finish with the haymaker and we'll add the other questions to next week's show. You were out there. You saw them. Can we get Steve's comparison of Quinn Ewers and Cade Klubnick? For those who don't know, this is a pair of Texans, one headed to Clemson, one headed to Ohio state, both play quarterback. Both are very good. Your vibe. So, so Club Nick obviously had the better performance at the Elite 11 Finals, but when you're comparing the body of work, and I, and I also think Club Nick made a great case to be a five-star, not only with his performance at Elite 11, but really he had an outstanding junior season. First year as a starter, threw for almost 3,500 yards, 35 touchdowns to just three interceptions on 353 pass attempts. My colleague, Gabe Brooks, said that Cade Klubnick's ratio of pass attempts to interceptions was by far the best in high school football of the touted guys anyway. And then he rushed from a 600 yards and 15 more touchdowns. Then he was awesome at the elite 11 finals. I mean, I think he's a, I think he's a five-star based on that body of work. However, I mean, I think Cade Klubnick's body, or I think Quinn Ewers' body of work is, is better. Uh, Quinn Ewers didn't maybe have the elite 11 finals that, People anticipated him coming in the number one recruit in the country, but people that saw him at the Elite 11 Regional 
um, and then saw him at the QB Collective event, thought he was electric. And he got hurt as a junior, had a hernia, had surgery, came back, took his team to the state title game against Klubnik, and obviously they lost, but still had a had a good season, 28 touchdowns, five interceptions, almost 2,500 yards passing. But if you look at Ewers' sophomore season, Dan, it was better than Klubnik's junior season, and it's the same competition, basically. I mean, that's arguably the best high school football in the country, great high school coaching, great programs, and, uh, you know, Klubnik threw for over – or why do I keep saying that? Ewers threw for over 4,000 yards and 45 touchdowns as a sophomore with only three picks himself on 402 pass attempts. So uh, Klubnik three picks on 353. Ewers three on 402 with 568 yards rushing himself, which was almost as much as you, uh, Klubnik had as a junior, and nine touchdowns, which was, you know, I mean, Klubnik had 15. But my point is, is if Ewers doesn't get hurt, who knows what kind of numbers he, he, he puts up as a junior. And I think these camp evaluations are just part of the equation, and you hope that they prove your the film right is what you're hoping they do. Um, and for Ewers, you still saw the tremendous talent at those events um, or at the Elite 11 finals. So I, I still, you know, I think Quinn Ewers is the number one prospect in the country, not just the number one quarterback prospect heading into the, heading into the fall. But there are some, you know, Walter Nolan and Travis Hunter are two very talented prospects as well at their positions. I fibbed, people. We're going to finish with this great question from T. Ward, 1992. Steve. Can you go back and tell the story from your perspective of Jansen Dunn's crystal ball craziness? Have you ever seen a recruitment switch that fast? Uh, no, not really. Um, because Jansen Dunn, Jansen Dunn's um, family treated me really well in that recruitment. And his dad hit me up on uh, the day of April 18th and told me that his son was going to um, Oklahoma. When he called Ohio State to tell Ohio State he was going to Oklahoma, they talked him out of it, flipped him, landed his commitment. His dad called me back and said, hey, I, I wish I could remember exactly what he said, but I mean, imagine explaining that, you know, <laughs> and and so um, obviously the crystal ball went from Oklahoma to Ohio State. How much time between calls? Well, it was a few hours. You know, we had he was going to announce for Oklahoma that night, if I remember correctly, but then announced for Ohio State two days later. But he. uh I mean, people are like like to sell the crystal ball, the messed up this or, or you know, Jansen Dunn called Ohio State and said thanks but no thanks, and they said we're not accepting that. Why are you going there and not here? You know, and then they obviously you know got it flipped. I mean, Jansen Dunn had a good visit to Ohio State also, you know, and I don't I don't really remember the exact details of the the flip. I just remember I just remember sitting in my living room and getting the first call preparing for the Oklahoma commitment and then getting the second call and people thinking that they were thinking, uh, you know, readers just think that we just throw caution to the wind with these predictions and like, we're not out there just gathering as much positive Intel as possible. They just 
think that we're willy-nilly just going where the wind takes us. Um, but that one, the source was the dad. And, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, when you have these kids being recruited by these alpha males, you know, with great, great messages, it can, these decisions get tough. And that one worked out in Ohio State's favor. I can tell you this for sure. If it were today, Jansen Dunn would have had multiple commitment graphics made. We appreciate Steve stopping by. Have a good one, Bucknutters. Take care, y'all. See you on the front row. Baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.